0: hey welcome to the Low-Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Malloy, with my two co-hosts.
1: Introduce yourselves. Aaron Lanton, shout out from Tennessee. How y'all doing?
2: Keep Danny in the building. Are we supposed
1: to say where we're from, where we're I'm, at?
2: I, no, I, I just, I just happened okay, to. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Reporting out Staying line. anonymous. <laughs> Dallas, no, Louisville, Texas.
0: And here in Los Angeles, California, is me. This week, we're talking about the fabulous film captain marvel which we all i don't know did we enjoy it what did we think
1: oh i think we all enjoyed it i don't well actually i I mean yeah that's funny we did not talk about our enjoyment of the film before recording uh i enjoyed it i had some issues with it but i mean it was a fun movie though
0: yeah i had fun watching it it was kind of like ant-man and the wasp um in that I enjoyed it in the theater, I had a lot of fun, and then when it was over, i didn't really think about it that much, but that's okay that's, they, they pay you basically pay to get two hours of entertainment, and then for a really great movie, it stays with you for months or years later. It didn't get to that level, it didn't haunt my dreams like Infinity War or anything, but it was it was good <laughs>
1: I mean yeah the the cries of children when when uh, well okay look spoilers going forward for the marvel universe sorry uh when spider-man died i'm sitting (laughs) next to this a-year-old he's i hate this movie
2: (laughs) (laughs) let's get it right when spider-man dies in infinity war
1: right right no spider-man
2: and captain marvel people
1: i mean Man, you know that, that would be a really great uh fake spoiler to, to mess with people if they were like Spider-Man dies in Captain Marvel? Oh my god. So like <laughs> he dies again? again. <laughs> Damn, this happens after endgame? Like uh uh-uh. uh We saw it. we saw know, it. what did
2: you what did you think of the movie, Keith? <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's kind of like um that's his thinking noise by the way it's kind of like you, you know you think
2: about how your first time is gonna be real good and it's like pretty mediocre
0: <laughs>
1: damn <laughs> that's pretty hilarious i mean what well, i don't Both think like, everybody's like, to be mediocre. this is what sex is like right so right. um it's
2: it doesn't really stand out for me um but, but also, I have to, like, think about this to myself, like, personally, in the sense to where, like, we get so many superhero movies that it's like we're kind of spoiled on them at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, and and it's hard to watch a movie like that and not compare it to everything else that you've already seen. Kind of like when we had the conversation about Black Panther winning, a, I mean, being nominated for Academy Award and, you know, winning awards that it did win in comparison to a movie like The Dark Knight, you know what I'm saying? Completely, two completely different movies, but both superhero movies in their own right, right? Mm-hmm. Very good movies in their own right at the same time. I think it was just nothing really about Captain Marvel that I can think about that just completely stood out for me. Not even the Flurkin. <laughs> Flurkin was Flerkin. great. Yeah, Flurkin was great. I mean, let me not say there wasn't things about it that stood out. It was just you know, general like that that Marvel goodness. Like it felt like it was something that could have came out in if it came out in the 90s I would appreciate it more um, but since it came out in time where we have like all these different superhero movies or even in late 2000 um, it's kind of hard to just really like get into it
1: so actually okay so let, let's let's talk about some of the positives of the film uh, that yeah. I think kind of stand out because I, I definitely want to get to some of the stuff you're thinking of it might be the same stuff that came to mind for me too because it kind of gave me some really bad flashbacks to Man of Steel and places Huh. But uh, I think one of the things that really stood out for it early on was kind of the entry, like wanting to understand the mystery. Um, I thought they did a good job of giving you enough to kind of come to your own um, guesses about what happened. Like if you weren't familiar previously with the background of Captain Marvel uh, and, and the way they really kind of established the scope, like the stakes just seemed really really well done, I thought.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought it was really good at keeping you engaged in the past because it's this origin story that's also a mystery where you're always trying to figure out the clues of who she is. So I'm thinking about her backstory all the time and I'm thinking about what's ahead because I know she has something to do with saving the Marvel Universe probably in Avengers mm, Endgame. Yeah. Uh, that's been pretty well set up. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about where the character is going to go and what seeds are being planted now for her to do that. Um, I wasn't always that engaged in the moment. Like during the subway fight scene, for sure. Um, during some of the stuff going back and forth with her and Nick Fury, for sure. There were a lot of funny moments and nice moments when she goes and visits her friends in Louisiana. That was good. But there, that was was, great. there was some stuff where I just wasn't that into it in the moment where it just seemed like kind of fill in the blank CGI fight. I feel like a lot of superhero movies have to end with some big, massive third act battle. Um, that's just sort of like the hero versus a bunch of pixels, and this <laughs> this totally did that.
1: I yeah, mean, I, it, when it did that at the end, it kind of it lost some of the. It, you know, it's not that it wasn't the fact that that the you know big explosions and all that were happening. What kind of made it weird was you're sitting there watching it. They find the uh, Marvels lab. The Cree soldiers enter and they're like, hey, don't forget, like, we, you know, what we've given, we can take away. Now, she ends up remembering by that point that, like, you know, her power was her own. But then it was like this cookie cutter, like, just set of flashbacks. Now, one thing I do really want to praise the movie on is I thought it did a, it was a really brave to try to tell the story the way it did, like, not showing us going through her life. Mm-hmm. before giving us all these flashbacks and trying to piece them together I thought that like that was a really bold choice and I thought it really did work until they did it at the end cuz it just felt so ham-fisted to like suddenly she has all these memories she's like oh me being human is what's special and then it's like that's what gives you the power I'm like damn no training montage no it was just like you know it was very anime in that way like my feelings are what matter my friends are what matter i am you know human or whatever and then like suddenly she goes from she can't take out any of the Kree soldiers to like she is stopping galactic warheads and i'm like what yeah, she, she turned into a super saiyan it it's, was kind of crazy it's very animation in that sense you know you right it, it wasn't the pixelated stuff that was bothering me the fact that like the thing is it, i just felt like like nothing she was not in any danger and that was kind of like the issue I had with Man of Steel and Marvel kind of has this issue anyway sometimes where like they don't know how to make it where the villain seems threatening unless it's Avengers then they just make it where basically the villain kills a bunch of people before they can stop them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like they get just completely overpowered and then in their own single adventure stories like they tend to be just not threatened a whole lot unless you're looking at Iron Man or Captain America films
2: well I think the See, that, that was another thing, you right, so the, the, to me, the stakes didn't feel that high for a superhero movie, especially for a, a character that's as powerful as Captain Marvel.
1: Well, genocide's a pretty high set of stakes, but, like, it's just be, it's something about, like, the way the scrolls are introduced to us, like, to, to go from, like, really flat villain-like characters and the way they're depicted to, like, oh, they have senses of humor and they're people just like us and it's like, damn, y'all okay I mean I get it I get like you know y- th- you had to reach this point so that the story could go where it was going for the you know the peace agreement instead of keeping the war going but it just the scrolls change felt weird to me and then
2: even the eradication of the scrolls didn't make
1: sense yeah I wasn't clear like why they needed to look for them specifically
2: and I, and I know like cause I know you had um what's his name Ronan the accuser yeah and so, like, he was, like, a fanatic, in a sense. and but
1: mm-hmm. To the, he, su- to, to, to the uh, supreme intelligence, is that what you
2: mean? He was, like, because, you know, he's in the
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Yeah, and he serves Thanos, yeah. Yeah, and he
2: was the same type of way. Like, he believed in, like, some type of ethnic cleansing, but there was no, like, real reasoning behind it, which I think was what made him a flat villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you don't really completely understand their motivations,
1: I think that's what the problem is. It's well, one I thing. mean not just that, but like he's not even present in either movie very much. Yeah,
2: but even the even the Cree the, the uh Kree villains that are present, it's like their motivations are not fully developed in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little run in the middle. Like they're first she's on the team that wants to eliminate all of the scrolls and her big enemy, I guess the main bad guy of the movie, spoiler alert we're going to spoil everything. Just heads up. Um,
2: oh, yeah. just
0: It We already have. Sorry. Um, Jude Law is the real bad guy. But what does Jude Law do mm-hmm. that's that awful? He lies to her constantly. Sure. That's what villains do. Um, but he's not – doesn't seem that motivated and doesn't have that much of a personal stake. So we don't really care what happens with he's him. He's
1: carrying out the mission. Yeah, pretty yeah. much.
0: Yeah. I mean it isn't like that – personal with him i mean usually these movies are like it's his brother who betrayed him or something and i think that was cool about this movie is that they didn't do the old fallback of you know her dad um died or betrayed her or something and it all goes around her dad which is like it seemed like a very conscious decision not to do the standard you know patriarchy um response hero um, which we see in Batman, which we see in Superman, which we see in Guardians of the Galaxy, which we see in just every movie. Um, mm-hmm. But then the emotional stakes for me weren't that high because basically what she got robbed of was her her life on Earth, which was kind of a normal life.
1: Yeah, well, it was striving to... That's the thing that was weird. It was a, a battle against... Uh patriarchy because remember she couldn't fly ships except the most dangerous one <laughs> for testing um, which was interesting I mean because she she was crushing it but you know a lot of the film does you know um, find ways to showcase her ability to fight through the things that were kind of impeding her progress on earth despite her excellence. You know, she did struggle. Um, and they showed times where she struggled, but she continued to fight through it. And And I thought that... that and in a similar way, you know, these movies that are meant to be inspiring to people, um, including like Spider-Verse does a good job of doing that whole thing. of Like, anywhere, anyone can wear the mask. You know, like, you, you shoot for the things you want. You don't know when you're ready. You just go for it, you know. And I thought that this film did a good job of also showcasing that message, too.
2: Yeah. Um, now, one thing I did like about it I did like um i I like samuel jackson in this
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah. at first i was kind of like why he acting like that because it's not how you used to nick fury acting but then you like okay so this is a younger nick fury (laughs) this is before all this extra shit like he's a little bit hardened later on Mm -hmm. it just just seemed like samuel jackson was having fun yeah i think so and some of the better scenes in that film with brie Better Brie Larson scenes were the scenes that she had with Samuel Jackson.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah,
2: honestly, like I love Brie Larson, but she is boring in this movie to me.
1: Oh no. Why you say she's boring?
2: I I don't even know if it's that she's boring or it's Carol Danvers boring. Is the character boring? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I once again it's me comparing superhero movies to another superhero movie, but Wonder Woman didn't feel boring to me. I think it was. You something
1: mean of, Diana didn't come
2: off flat? Is that what you mean? She didn't come off flat. Like you can say what you want to say about the storyline, but I liked Wonder Woman the same way as I liked her when she showed up in Batman v Superman. Right?
1: Oh, she was so cold. Dang it
2: man. it was it just and and there was a certain mystique to it, right? Mm-hmm. And and like it was something about when I remember watching Wonder Woman, I was like, shit, I follow her ass in the battle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I want to pick up on that and kind of backtrack on what I said before. When I said normal, I just mean normal in the sense that she had like a regular human life that a person could have. Of course, she'd be a pretty spectacular human to be flying fighter jets and things like that and yeah, doing secret cool. missions. But I mean, not she's not a superhero. She's a she's a very high performing human. Um yeah, gotcha. uh-huh. The the thing that I think is weird that you kind of hit on about her being a little bit flat is first she's this great soldier so of course she's gonna be disciplined and she's not gonna you know have too much of a personality because she's serving the greater good Mm -hmm. then she comes to earth and she's on a mission and she's again very structured and very like get the job done and isn't showing a lot of personality traits um then she finds out that she isn't who she thinks she is and then she doesn't know who she's supposed to be so it's hard for her to have a really firmly defined character there and then by the end she's so powerful it's hard to sort of define her through adversity the way you do, like, a Batman, for instance. Like, yeah. this is a guy who got through so much grit. Uh, he Toughness is kind of his main character trait. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of her main character trait, too. It's that she falls and she gets back up, and that's her real superpower. But that's, like, the only trait she's kind of allowed to have. Like, we kind of know that she likes Guns and Roses. Um, we know she can ride a motorcycle. Like, she's tough. But we don't know... That much about like what she would do if she was just like left alone for an afternoon. Like where would she go? Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't, it's you got you only have the time you have, you know. And I think this is a a solid introduction to the character. I think we'll get to learn a lot more about that down the line. It, it's just I don't feel like it missed the important part. I do feel like you know we have a good sense of like. She she has a a good you know, like moral center. We don't it's just weird because like there are things they could have done to show us where that came from. Like we don't even really get to see her interact that much with um I forgot what she called herself, uh what Marvell called herself on Earth, um
0: is Annette the Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. See, I wish they had shown stuff with them. You know, like I thought that was really pivotal to show why she meant so much to her. Yeah, uh, but you know, uh, I, like I said, I, I feel I feel like that's something we'll we'll get down the road. I
0: I wish we'd seen like more conversations between her and Rambo, um, mm, before yeah. they were before everything started happening, because I just didn't feel that she was that grounded in her previous life. So I didn't feel I didn't feel the acute loss of her previous life. It wasn't like
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cuz the thing is like outside of that one friend, like we don't get to see we don't really get to see more of like why losing that identity meant anything to her. Like we got to see her look at some pictures from the past and those I thought that was a moving scene. I I really It's like I don't know how they set that up in production. Like do you just have the actors hang out a few times and just like have people snap pictures with them? Yeah. But uh yeah, but I mean like it, it it worked for me. I know like it's it's being it's a trope to the point where like people are gonna stop doing it at some point. But, you know, I, I think there are ways to do that, to do that sort of shelling, uh showing and not telling that uh will will really be impactful, but we'll see how that goes down the road. Um so actually I think this is a good time to to pivot to a different part of the conversation about the film, which is the culture wars happening surrounding it.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I noticed that during this conversation none of us mentioned how threatened we felt as males, (laughs) um, or how we thought the movie was emasculating, or how female superheroes are an attack on all men, or anything like that, but there's a lot of that in the air, isn't there?
1: Apparently, um, (laughs) it's weird because Months before the film came out, like, so on my YouTube feed, like, I'll just kind of scroll through and I look at all kinds of stuff. So, you know, depending on what's upcoming, what's getting a lot of you know, um, yeah, traffic, you know, I'll get different stuff about entertainment. And there was this one video, like, no matter how many times I scroll past it, like, I just kept saying, and there was this video, I wish I could remember the exact title, it basically said that Captain Marvel was already uh, lost, Marvel. Like, over $100 million. And this was, like, back in late January. I remember saying that. That was some bullshit. I didn't watch it, but I was like, why am I constantly seeing this video? But also, for somebody to make that claim so far ahead of the movie's release in March, like, was weird to me. But apparently that's a thing that's happened. Like, I would see a whole bunch of other videos that were critiquing the very... Existence of the film because it, you know, starred a female lead, and it's like, well, hell, didn't we just do this with Wonder Woman? But for some reason, they were really charged up about Brie Larson being Captain Marvel. Like it was crazy.
0: Yeah, it's and- the same thing that happened with Ghostbusters too. All these people prejudging the movie and trying to basically sabotage the movie with their ridiculous online campaigns, calling it like an SJW movie or whatever, because I don't know a female for superhero movie is that threatening
1: uh, yeah well that's what's weird because you could have a film in this kind con- like that has whatever female lead and it can be a legitimately bad film and then yeah, you know, if you if you see people having this sort of commentary before the film even comes out you're almost hesitant to like be completely honest about it mm-hmm. how you feel about it because right. it's like I don't want to sound like I'm agreeing with these assholes Uh, now Captain Marvel is not a bad movie at all like I would not make that claim it has some flaws but like it's an enjoyable film that I would recommend people go see but the idea that people would just like flood different sites to give like these different ratings out and try to make it look like you know it's just a trash movie like that's I mean I don't know what the the impetus is or what the I I can just say I don't completely understand the motivation for it you know (laughs)
2: I think part of it is because of um, some of the things that um, Brie Larson has spoken out about, and some of her opinions on certain things. So you already got people that's trolling, and like you, like you said, feel demasculated by these particular type of films. And then you got her saying certain things that they feel like makes it make them make her even more of a threat. Like um, things she made. I, can't, I don't know quote by quote the statement that she made but she was um, there was some type of rumor about her telling Marvel how she wanted to make um, Captain Marvel a feminist movie yeah there's
0: so, a there's a really good New York Times story uh, when Captain Marvel became a target the rules changed by Kara Buckley and one of the examples she gives is that um, when she won the Best Actress Oscar in 2016 for her performance in Room which was great and um, She said – she complained about how there's so many white male film critics and said, I did not need a 40-year-old white dude to tell me what didn't work about Wrinkle in Time. It wasn't made for him. So people objected to that and I guess objected to the supposed threat she posed to the old order. Can I
1: at least say I think that's a fair thing to criticize her for though? (laughs) Like (laughs) I I think it – because – Okay, so just because somebody doesn't fit the demo that you're trying to um, to reach or, or that will be most um, they will really get it in the themes in it in the most uh, meaningful way. Uh, just because that person is not part of that demo doesn't mean that it should invalidate their opinion. Now, I, I 100% agree there should be more critics, diverse criticism out there in the world without a doubt. That doesn't mean that the forty-year-old white dude don't get it, or or it should just be like, don't listen to him. He's a forty-year-old white male. I don't yeah. That'd be like saying because at the same token, like imagine somebody coming up and being like, oh look at these people trying to have these diverse views. There's no way they'd understand Green Book. I don't need to listen to this black person say whatever about the Green Book because blah 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 Like I don't. It's, these feel like like weird conversations to. It, however you want to split up who shouldn't shouldn't be able to say stuff. That just seems weird to me.
2: Yeah, and it brings in the question, like, like we're wrinkle in time, for example, like, who does have an opinion? Is it uh? Well, whose opinion would matter in that case? Like, like what critic what critics should we have? Like twelve year old a twelve year old black girl, or like <laughs> I don't know. Like what 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 are you saying? So, because my thing about critics, at the end of the day, you know. It's freedom of speech you say what you, whatever you want to feel about it especially with a movie like wrinkle of time if it was made for preteens for example which i'm assuming that's the demographic they're gonna I watch it they're gonna watch it regardless of critics or not like just think of how many movies that we watched that got trash ratings but we love it and we'll still watch it today
1: i haven't seen venom but venom i mean oh, audiences yeah. didn't care they love that movie
2: yeah, I mean it's it's cool. It's a cool ass little movie. I mean, it's not the greatest thing ever, but I could imagine seeing it thirteen year old me seeing that
1: and watching it every day. You know, but you know, there's a lot of 14, oh, 14 lord, forty year old white men who wrote about it and gave it a bad review. I mean, that doesn't mean <laughs> That don't take away from, Yeah,
2: don't, That not take I, away from if somebody gonna find it entertaining.
1: It's kinda like, it's like that so Kanye cool. argument where it's like, you know, I don't care about the critics. Give me awards.
2: <laughs> now, that's one egotistical
1: mug. I'm not saying she is even making it. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, uh, joshing a little bit. But um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I do think it's a conversation worth having. Uh, obviously, we're, we're kind of, you know, messing around as we're having the conversation now. But I, I do think there, there there's a case to be made that you need diverse voices and criticism. But I don't think that that means you need to, at the same time, say that. Anybody's uh, criticism is less valid than another. You know, there might be better writers. There might be people who can better break down the pros and cons of a film, and who really you can tell put effort into that thought. But you know, it um, beyond just simply their own biases. You know, but uh, to to make it out like oh, 40 year old white male invalidate like that that just seems goofy.
0: I I think one thing about that is like she when she said that was in the middle of basically a million interviews, and she said one thing and probably expressed herself not as artfully as she normally did. Um, Where the overall point she was making is a point that we all agree with, which is absolutely there should be more diversity among film critics and we should have a more more diversity of views. Uh, And one of the but
1: but see that's threatening to some of the people too who have been. Putting out these massive negative reviews, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it is. And I think one of the lesser covered problems of trolls is that they kind of box people into very extreme corners. So they'll take, like, maybe the most extreme thing Brie Larson has ever said. Let's say it's that. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. that extreme, but they make it sound like this is the kind of thing she says all the time. And then they. And, like, come-
1: and like everybody. Everybody agrees with her, except they're even more fervent in their views on it. Right, yeah. like
0: this is how all liberals feel, or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all liberals hate forty-year-old white men. Like it gets it gets extrapolated out to that, and then it mm-hmm. comes down to they respond with Captain Marvel is the worst movie ever made. It's a threat to men. It's a threat to the patriarchy. Whatever. This is um, this is just SJW propaganda. And then people like us who are like who don't really have the strongest opinions about Captain Marvel are kind of afraid to come out too anti-Captain Marvel because we're just like, it was fine, I had a nice time, but we're not like, this is great. We feel sort of pressured to go like, this was great, this movie's an important movie because we want to not be aligned with the the types of guys who will take aim at Captain Marvel because it's a woman movie.
2: Yeah. And and I don't think it's that that serious of a movie. Like you, like you said, I think it's okay, and I have no problem with. If I if I felt like it sucked, I'd say
1: that it sucked. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, it's for like this. this. This ain't this ain't one of the movies where like if it's on TV, I'm like, oh my god, get the remote, get the remote. I yeah. watch it again,
2: you know. And but, I, I mean, yeah, this <laughs> it's, it's cool, especially if I want to just catch up because it's pretty much a prequel to the Avengers, right? Right, yeah. mm-hmm. but then it go back to like, like I said, like there's certain things that I, I, I like female superheroes. I ain't got no issues with them. Shit, I, I had um X Men toys. I had to buy everybody. You know, I bought Storm, Rogue, and all this shit. I don't really care. You, you know, ain't have no incomplete set. Yeah, I can't have an incomplete set. You know, I brought I bought April O'Neil so she could be with the Turtles. You know,
1: hey, real quick, not not to have too long a tangent on this. So my son, uh you know he's just become old enough to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh. so he and I have been sitting there watching them together and I saw April is like she just crazy man like she was going against <laughs> like all these different people with laser beams and stuff and telling them to, to shut up she was like doing uh, like so her boss told her to do something for like he was from to fire and then she said she pulls out something from like the future tech from Crane. And then he's like, "What's that?" And She's like, "It's a super laser beam thing." And He's like, "Whoa, don't be careful with that!" And she's like, "Yeah, you need to do this and do that." She's giving all these demands, and dude, it just said he was gonna fight. Like, oh, okay, April. And then like, April was gangster, man. Like, which, uh, which Ninja Turtles is this? This was season one, like episode two. No, I'm saying is this the the old school Ninja Turtles? Yeah, yeah, old school turtles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, the weird tangent, but she was progressive. So. <laughs> She was doing everything the men were doing, like but like the turtles wouldn't have got nothing done or Splinter if April wasn't you know putting it down and making stuff happen. So yeah, it was funny. Submit <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, to April O'Neil. Also shout out to you know uh, an R.I.P. to James Avery. That man is Shredder was doing so <laughs> many abled jokes. Oh my god, like I was done.
2: Oh yeah, he was definitely having fun. Jeez. Uh, Is either that or he had some funny cigarettes? But it was—it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that's like was it? Was it the first time I ever heard "Devil's Lettuce"? Was from uh, a uh, guest columnist at the Boston Globe. Oh wow! <laughs> the Devil's Lettuce, man! I was oh, it, it just tickles <laughs> me now. Oh my god! All right, so what? what well, we got was... so many names for marijuana. <clears throat> so, uh, so um. Yes, Captain Marvel. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So I will say though, uh, I am. I am definitely. It, it's been really cool to see the response to this movie, in the way that young girls have responded to it. Kind of how we saw it happen with Black Panther, where you saw people like you know getting real like jazzed up and like hey you know you got to go see this like young girls seeing somebody on the screen that represents them and, and is like really powerful and like a somebody's gonna be like a really pivotal figure in this next phase of the avengers Endgame. like it's really cool and fun to see Mm-hmm. like have you seen people like taking their daughters out they got the captain marvel gear on and like you know just just beaming you know like i mean you see little girls excited to go see superhero moves before but like they they have you know just a really it's just representation matters is what i'm trying to get at like it, it's just really it, cool I, it, it absolutely
0: does and you don't have to ever have the conversation like hey how come all the superheroes are boys like you don't have to have that conversation with your daughter and go like, oh, uh, boy,
1: I don't know. You could still do it though. Um, <laughs> hey, sorry, there's I'm, none. You can dress up as Batman this year. I'm just playing yeah, Captain Marvel, baby. There's also
0: Batgirl. Like you've got like <laughs> Superman and Batman and Supergirl and Batgirl. Like that's kind of weird. Um, but <laughs> I don't representation totally matters and it's cool that she's one of the most powerful characters in the marvel universe and we can quibble with like small elements of it but yeah it's definitely a plus that this character exists and is on the screen and what i'd really like is for there to be enough diversity of superheroes that it doesn't have to be like okay but this wasn't a perfect movie um or this wasn't you know black panther failed to capture the entire pan-african experience for everyone in the entire the world,
1: diaspora is disappointed in you, Black yeah. Panther.
0: Right, like that's not that's not a fair thing to hang on one movie or like, well, you know, Captain Marvel failed to address every single thing in a superhero movie. Like, yeah, it, it's not responsible for that. It only has to be responsible for its own story. And when there's more, when there's more of these stories out there, I think that will get better.
1: Well, see, you just said something really interesting at the end there too, which is it's only responsible for itself. And unfortunately, thanks to how these movie studios had decided to make these films that's never the case anymore only because they're always in a shared universe
2: yeah they're so like, a shared universe but you can really make the movie responsible for itself like all you gotta do is make small trend small little connections and that's it give you know? me an
1: example whoa, whoa, whoa. before you keep going give me an example of a comic movie that's been released in the last three years that you can truly say is kind of self-contained black panther Okay. Like, we'll, just, fuck, well, fuck both of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, well, um, like, you,
2: if you look at, even if you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you were to watch any of those movies and not have watched anything else, you could still get what's going on. That's true. Right.
1: Yeah. And,
2: I mean, and, but and that's that, that's making. That's very, true
1: for Captain Marvel.
2: You know. Some stuff you can't watch like that. Like, you know, you have to have seen the other movies to get
1: an understanding of it, you know? So, the thing about the Marvel movies, I do think they they do a good job of. They always augment the experience of the shared universe. Like, they don't. I said augment. um, I meant to say enhance. Like, they they Mm -hmm. give you a fuller understanding of their shared universe. Uh, And they tend to augment what you're looking at because you get a, a new kind of understand Captain Marvel actually had a, a lot of different things where they would just give you small answers, stuff like how Fury got the the um, well ended up wearing an eye patch essentially. Yeah. I actually I can't remember what made me think this. I have this really strange feeling that that flirting did something to him that's gonna be important later. Huh. With the eye scratch. Because like- because remember he said oh just a scratch and then the squirrel was like no nah, man he did something to you i <laughs> forgot what he said and i don't think he was just saying like he took your eye for good i think it might be something else because the flirking is like the, it's got i don't know exactly what it is i didn't really look it up after i know it's something that was um created by oh my god i can't remember her name it was like kelly sue is kelly deconic yes damn i was like what is her yeah. last name um, she had a really cool uh, run on in the comics in the lab within the last five years, and um she's the one who created the flurkin. Now, I don't know all the abilities of the Flurkin, but of course it goofed uh well coughed up a cosmic cube at the end. Yeah. Um uh, so I'm thinking I mean it might have some things that it can transfer to others as well. It's possible.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean what if it gave him like foresight or something? Well Nothing. Fury Fury was eliminated, you know, during the snap, but we know everybody's not gonna stay like that, you know? So I'm just curious.
2: Well, what obviously the, the... Is, where the hell did it come from?
1: <laughs> That's a good question.
2: Just, it just appears out of nowhere. It's just it's
1: and it's like, it's just present in the in the uh in the like lab I don't even know what to call it but wherever that secret place was they, where they had all the spaceships and, well spaceships it wasn't even spaceships that was actually I gotta say that was really funny about the movie how the scrolls like yeah I can turn this plane into a spaceship I'm like oh uh,
0: <laughs> that really the, in a night the scene where they scan the flurkin and they scan Nick Fury and they say that that Nick Fury is a human male and no, no threat and the flurkin is a severe threat is one of the things that has the like men's rights activists
1: really angry they don't get comics that's cool
2: yeah or comedy
1: yeah <laughs> uh oh you're gonna be put on the drudge report now
2: <laughs> I don't even I don't even I honestly don't know what that is to be honest with you
1: and we ain't going down
2: that rabbit hole <laughs> um, I don't know I, I mean it, it was cool it, ma- it made me think about also, I think I mentioned this to you guys, but she and the Princesses of Power is a good show.
1: I still need to watch
2: and it. I, and I, I I don't know how y'all would feel about it, but it's literally Captain Marvel's story is very similar to that.
1: We're going to go get our pitchforks when we watch it. We're going to be just so intense. Well,
2: more because it's kind of like that the whole concept of you got a character that's a soldier. They tap into a stronger, more powerful source. They find out what they already thought was really a lie. And the enemy that they were fighting are actually the good guys. It's literally the same story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's it. it's the exact same story. Right? <laughs> but it's so. Funny. I think though with that, but nice
1: spoilers, the, Keith. <laughs>
2: you gonna know it in the first episode. You can tell. Like
1: <laughs> they did a good job. With, uh, unless you, like, unless you're seven
2: years old or something, you're gonna pick up on it, right? You, you watch enough shows to figure this out. But I think that also, I mean in a way it's not fair to compare it to a movie a pair like an a animated series that got like 8 episodes but there is more character development in the main character that I felt was lacking with um, Carl Danvers Captain Marvel
1: like I, said, I feel like we'll get more of that uh, and th- the thing that was actually so funny is the f- the first time she looks worried in the whole film is literally the end, the second end credit scene where she's like where's Fury this is the first time she actually looks super concerned and worried, like, like I might not be able to fix something.
0: Yeah, they made her, like, pretty unflappable throughout. And I was just wondering, like, is that true of all the heroes? I mean, Spider-Man obviously panics all the time, and that's why everybody loves Spider-Man. <laughs> but, like, does Wolverine ever look nervous? Like, does Superman ever look nervous? Does Batman ever look nervous? Of course.
1: Do they? D- that's- Dude, you must not you ain't seen Dark Knight in a minute
0: well alright Dark Knight oh yes yes Dark Knight for sure all the Nolan Batman those are the next level of that's the the evolution of superhero movie we haven't caught back up to it but like Man of Steel Like, does he ever show like the slightest okay, real look, worry?
1: look if you're gonna go if we're gonna have this discussion you gotta just act like the Superman movies aren't part of the conversation cause we could bash them all day for that uh, they, I mean I I just don't understand why they write Superman in these movies like they have no comics that have great characterization of Superman like it is really weird to me like there's so many amazing examples from just tens of writers at DC over hell even this millennium and like they just don't use any of it they act like those fanboys who like Superman's born. look how powerful he is there's no way to grow his character and he's just like Whatever. I'm, I'm going to quit complaining well, about that now.
0: I think I think Bendis is getting into it and is doing a good job with it. And he actually said that – Oh, of... whoa, whoa, whoa. I know he went to DC. He's writing Superman? Oh, yeah. He's yeah, he's writing New All-Star. Yeah, they're great. And he said yeah. he was like the Christopher Reeve Superman, how, su- how Christopher Reeve Superman is kind of a little bit of a dick. Like he's like, why don't you try it, Lex? See what happens. Because like you know that okay. he's like 50,000 times more powerful physically than Lex Luthor. So I think he's kind of trying to get that like rye undercurrent of Superman um, judginess that is kind
1: of a... There's a well of comedy there. Oh, God. I need to go back. Man. See, I just... I don't ha- I had to create a comic budget again, for real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sucks. Jeez. Yeah. I, I mean, not sucks. I, look, I want to go back. I want to go back. You know what I'm really waiting on is, like, the era that comes up at some point where the... Other comic book series that aren't part of the big two start making movies. You know, AMC has, what is it? It's, I know it's more than one Walking Dead movie playing with Rick coming back in the movies, which is crazy. Dude. Uh, but there's so many great comics out there. Why the Last Man? Excellent. Uh, be, that's I coming think, out. That's going
2: to be an FX that, show. That's
1: a movie that is definitely. Okay, so it's coming out as a show. Yeah. That's going to be pretty solid.
2: That's so good. I've only read the first
1: volume of it. And they also coming out with Deadly Class, which I love. Deadly Class would be interesting. Um, I'll, But I'm, I'm talking about movies. I want to see how they do with some of these movies. Like, Valiant has a lot of really great um, IPs that they could use, uh, particularly for... Doing,
2: um, are they doing Man of War? What's the one? No. They... Oh, yeah. yeah. Man of War would be pretty good. That probably they...
1: is what they'll start with, because they always start with Man of War.
2: No, they're doing... What's the one Vin Diesel's gonna play in one? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Man
1: of War. Bloodshot. My bad. Yeah. Oh sure. yeah, yeah, Oh damn it. Yes. God, that, that's what was in my head. I haven't I, look. I, I really need to go back and read those books. That's a really good series too. Also, uh, what's the what's the one with uh the the two brothers? I can't think of the name. And the, their father got turned into a goat.
2: I don't know about that. I um, no, know but I mentioned. Oh
1: my god! Like I when they did the relaunch um some time ago, I want to say it was like two thousand twelve. Um, thirteen something like that. Uh, for Valiant, <sighs> it's been a while, man. Like I, I bought comics faithfully for three years, and it's just so so expensive. I couldn't keep it up.
0: Yeah, I um, take like long but, breaks, but, and then I get back into it.
2: Yeah, the only Valiant book I read, and I actually like really like, I only read about two Valiant but I like it is um Archer and Armstrong. That's a gr- oh, Man, that, that was so book. tight. Now that I, like. That would be a breath of fresh air.
1: I thought you're gonna say the New Orleans character. What's his name? Damn, I'm so slow today. I can't remember nobody.
2: Archie Armstrong's that shit.
1: Archie Armstrong is so legit, so funny, so creative. Yeah,
2: it's so. It also is epic sometimes too.
1: It's like I don't even know how to sum it up real fast. It's like a dude who's been alive for thousands of years um, is like this. He's an immortal. Yeah, he. I was trying not to give that away. That's cool. Um, he travels around with this teenage boy who's like this assassin that really supposed to go out and kill him, and then some um, some hijinks ensue, and they end up teaming up together.
2: Because the boy's parents is really like the, some of the main villains, because they were like a cult.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, like, that, that's still part of the synopsis, so that's cool. Assassins. I
2: don't know. It's it's cold. Um character in it really they got that might may or might may be God or Jesus, I'm not sure. It's just a lot going on. Man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um and
0: Has anybody read Lady Killer by Joel Jones? I, I, I it's on Dark Horse. Jesus. Yeah, that is like the best thing I've read in years. And it's it's basically nineteen fifties, early sixties housewife who is an assassin by night, and the art is incredible. It's kind of I don't even know how to describe the art of it. She's drawing Catwoman and writing Catwoman now too. She had a run on Batman. She's a fantastic artist and a really good writer. And this book just is so enjoyable to read. Like it's such a page turner, and it's just gorgeous on every single page. Dark. Have you guys
1: heard of uh, Black Sad? No. Black Sad is like a like a crime noir thing that that's animated. Well, this is comic books obviously, so it's obviously animated, but it's like there were former Disney animators who did these comics. Huh. And it's uh all animals. Oh, cool. So like you'll have like this corrupt lawyer and he's a hippo. The main character is like this smooth black cat. Okay. Uh, it's it's so tight. Like, I mean I'm trying not to even give away a bunch of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's just like the people who Created this this world like they really have a good sense of what noir is supposed to be and the way that they have certain inflections in the characters' faces, the way they choose a draw, the lighting, the just the atmosphere. Like you you just feel like you're you're in that place. Like you know I'm like yeah see it's really good. <laughs> um, I'm all about it. Um, yeah see, and yeah. <laughs> that's as much as I can do with that uh, that voice, but. So we strayed pretty far from Captain uh, Marvel, but long so short, we liked it, had some issues with it, feel like everybody overreacting on some stuff, feel like there's some conversations that need to be had, and we're really looking forward to where the Marvel Universe goes from here, as well as a bunch of other heroes where you don't make your superheroes flat. Even if they're super powerful, you don't have to make them flat, guys. It's just not a thing you have to do. Give them some adversity, please. Don't let them be like having a villain like Ronan just sitting there like, oh, that's messed up. Let me leave now.
0: But props for not making it a family-based origin story with the dead brother, dead sister, (laughs) dead mom, dead dad, whatever. That was cool. I appreciated them doing something different.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Anything uh, you guys would like to close up with?
0: Uh, I'd like to recommend everybody check out Meanwhile in the Multiverse. A lot of previous episodes available to check out and enjoy. That's the other podcast that Keith and Aaron do that I do not interrupt on. Uh, Definitely, definitely check it out.
1: And also, please check out Shoot This Now, Tim's other podcast with his lovely wife, where I think the latest one, you guys uh, did kind of a look back on one of the old Michael Jackson trials, right?
0: I spent six months covering the Michael Jackson molestation trial, uh, and this is the episode with all of the stories from that trial and how it could be turned into a TV show.
2: Yeah, I was actually listening to it at work today, and I was like, there's so little that I know about Tim. he been to Neverland Ranch and shit. I'm like, what? I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, what? My coworker like, what's wrong?
1: (laughs) You don't understand. That's a
2: crazy shit happened. And he and he stood next to Michael Jackson.
1: Oh no, my friends. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's all true.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: it's a really good episode. Please check it out. Uh, Rate, review all that jazz um it, it's definitely worth your attention so it,
0: it is 150th yeah. as popular as this podcast so you will enjoy it 150th as much as you enjoyed this <laughs> and please give this five stars
1: please 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 uh,
0: please subscribe so you always get our new episodes whenever they arrive and um yeah please 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 please
1: with sugar on top digital four, sugar
2: four, 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 four. so i guess we out of here
1: and we'll holler y'all on the next one with some real fun.
2: All right. Peace.